You're listening to the So You Think You're Intuitive podcast, a podcast to help you reactivate, grow, and trust your intuition so you can live a more empowered and connected life. Join me, Natalie Miles, spiritual mentor and psychic medium, every Wednesday for inspired conversations, guidance, and practical tips on how you can work with your intuition in your everyday life. Because who doesn't want to trust their intuition more? Welcome back to So You Think You're Intuitive. I'm Natalie Miles, spiritual mentor and psychic medium, taking you on this journey to reactivate and trust your intuition. Hello and welcome back to another episode of So You Think You're Intuitive. I've recently realized that in these intros, I seem to be talking about the energy of the week and things that we have been experiencing and how they fit into the monthly upgrade message, the theme of the month, what the energy of what we're going through right now. And the theme for May is own it, own it, own it, own it. And the last week or so, what's been coming up for me around this theme of owning it is boundaries, setting clear boundaries, saying no, like the importance of saying no. My friend Tracy Keogh posted this thing on her Instagram stories where she said, no is a complete sentence. And that really blew my mind because yeah, no is a complete sentence. Sometimes you don't, we think that we need to justify why we're saying no, like we need to give the story or we need to explain to the other people that we're saying no to what, why we're saying no. And so when I saw that, that was really powerful. No is a complete sentence. Yeah that really blew my mind because I'd never thought about it like that. But yes, the energy right now is we're clearing out, we're letting go of old versions of ourselves. We're really stepping into our self-worth and who we are and having the confidence to set those boundaries. Before we jump into the guest episode, just wanted to give a few notices. So this weekend, this Saturday, May 18th, it is the first ever So You Think Your Intuitive Live event where I am going to be leading an online group with a spiritual intuition, reactivation. I'm also going to be channeling messages from spirit and also giving one-on-one messages. I am so excited about this event. I normally do this event in person and it's the first time that I have done it live online. So if you are around Saturday 18th, this Saturday, come and join us. What I find is the group is being brought together by Spirit so that everyone can take something away from all the messages that are shared and Spirit always love to share tools and practical guidance. So the aim of this online event is for you to leave feeling empowered, that you have answers to the questions that you have going on in your life right now. But most importantly, you have the practical tools that you can take action and create change in your life. Also on Wednesday, May 22nd, next week, 
is this month's online circle. And the theme of this month is expand your seeing gifts. This will be the first time online that I have um, shared my top tips and teachings on how to grow and develop your seeing gifts, your clairvoyant gifts. So if you would like to develop these gifts, if you would like to be able to see more messages and know what they mean and really develop that skill, this circle is for you. It is $25 to sign up and there is a replay if you can't join live. So that's the beauty of this circle is that if you can't join live, no worries because a replay goes out to everyone so that you can join wherever you are in the world and still do the replay and still receive all the guidance that wants to come through. But more importantly, with this circle, grow your clairvoyant seeing gift. So this week on the podcast, we have a guest episode and we are joined by astrologer, psychic medium and host of Ghost of a Podcast, Jessica Lanyado. This is a really deep, insightful conversation with two psychics riffing and talking about how to create healthy boundaries to develop your intuitive gifts. And it is all energetically aligned, as I was talking about earlier, around this need for boundaries and saying no. This isn't just in personal relationships. This is also about your intuitive gifts. Because when we first connect to our intuition, it can feel overwhelming. It can feel like we're not in control and that you can't turn off your gifts. And in this episode, Jessica and I talk about how you can create these boundaries so that you can become a better intuitive and feel more in control as they develop. I love what Jessica shares in this episode, all about her journey, embracing her gifts as a psychic. We talk about how to practice your gifts, how to maintain your gifts, and she has some real insight on the journey of the soul. And I even share messages with her at the end, including a message from her cactus. I love Jessica's work. So it was a real privilege to have her on as a guest. I listened to her podcast, Ghost of a Podcast, which you should also check out and listen to. If you enjoy this episode, please share with a friend. We would also, we would love to hear from you. So send us a message. Let us know your thoughts on this conversation. You can find me on Instagram at I am Natalie Miles. Okay, enough of my talking. Let's get straight into this episode with Jessica Lanyado. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to So You Think You're Intuitive. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I have been wanting to have this conversation with you. I'm a big fan of your work. For those of you who are listening and don't know who Jessica is, she's an amazing astrologer, psychic medium, animal communicator, and ghost of a podcast, which I am really enjoying listening to. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Because what you're doing in that podcast is really bringing tangible, practical, everyday guidance to people through astrology. And I love that's what you do. 
Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I, um, yeah, I was really excited to have this conversation with you because you, you have a similar, I mean, a very similar thing going, right? It's making it useful and accessible and, and not having spirituality be separate from, you know, all the things. It's all spiritual. Yeah. Like the world we live in, it's like, hang on a second. If we have these gifts and we can tap into these energies and, you know, through whether it's astrology or connecting to spirit, like this needs to be used and grounded in the world that we live in. Yes. Yes. All the time in all the ways. Yeah. Even, I think even like disassociating can be such a great opportunity to be like, and I'm giving myself permission to do this. It's just that there's, there's a way in at all times, basically. So yes. And what is your own personal journey with connecting to your own intuition? Was it the astrology that came first? Was it the, the psychic gifts that came through? What was the initial kind of spiritual reactivation? What was that like for you? Mm. Um, so definitely was astrology first. I, I mean, it, it's a complicated answer, right? So, um, the, the story goes astrology first. I look back at my childhood and I think, oh, I was a psychic child as I was an empath. I didn't know it though. And I really didn't believe uh, that psychic was possible. I didn't believe that animal communication was possible. Um, I was not spiritually minded at all, but I was always really interested in astrology. And I, like many other astrologers, kind of focused on the math and the study and memorizing and learning rules. And so I did that for many years. And, you know, through my private practice as an astrologer, people would say to me, you know, my clients would say to me, oh, you know, you're psychic. Oh, you can talk to dead people. And I'd be like, you're nuts. No way. That doesn't exist. And they would kind of insist that I try. And um, I would tell them, you know, I can't do that. But if, you know, you're paying me. So if you want me to try, I can. And then I would get things right. And for a couple of years, I thought it was a fluke or I thought people were just misunderstanding that astrology was so effective. They just assumed I was psychic. And it took years of me realizing some of the things that I was coming to, there's, there was no astrological basis and there was no way I could know them. And a couple times is a fluke, dozens and dozens of times is not a fluke. And so as I kind of came into, oh, I guess really acceptance of what was happening it shifted my worldview and it refocused my work. And throughout the years, I have developed my skills as a psychic, as a medium, as an empath, and as an animal communicator through practice. And when I say practice, I mean like, you know, full-time private practice. So that's, that's the, that's the storyline. <laughs> <laughs> and for you, I mean, I know for me, like when you realize you have these psychic gifts and you then, you know, start to use them in your everyday life and then how that impacts the community and the people that you are friends with and who you communicate and share that you have this, these gifts and how it can be really overwhelming to suddenly embrace that and speak your truth and, and share that you have these gifts. What was that like? for you when you first kind of really had to embrace that this is who I am this is what I'm about and trusting and kind of coming out in that way 
Yeah. There's actually quite a few layers to that answer. One is I was already an astrologer. You know, people (laughs) don't really know the difference. And more now in 2019, they do. But, you know, I started working professionally as an astrologer in late 1994. So for me, nobody was surprised by (laughs) me being psychic. I was, (laughs) but nobody else was. So there was that. Um, For me, the real coming out was about self-acceptance. And it was terribly burdensome. I mean, it wasn't in my private practice. And I would say that I, it took me many years to be able to have any amount of control or like boundaries over my psychic and empathic abilities. It was very painful and difficult to be honest. And, you know, I would go out for dinner with a group of people and I'd be sitting there and I'd be like, who's got the bum knee? Who's got the bum knee? <laughs> Ruining my life. Like I would just be like, who's heartbroken? I need to know who's having a fight with their mother. Like it was just, I would be overwhelmed by feelings, whether they were physical sensations or emotions. And I am particularly attuned to pain. I don't tend to feel people's joy or <laughs> their excitement. I just feel their pain. So it it really deeply impacted my social life and my willingness to be in the world of of groups of people, I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, so it was it was quite a rough road. And, you know, boundaries is just a huge part of my work because it's been a huge part of my work. Yeah. And so for any of the listeners who are kind of embracing those psychic skills, mediumship abilities where spirits on the other side are badgering them to give them information or share information what what are your tip what are your personal top tips on creating that boundary there's so many there's so many things the first is to know that you know it's easy with with psychic content to get into this like oh my god it's so magical it's so amazing i should i should i should right and i think it's really important to know you are not obliged to talk to any dead person. You are not obliged to be of service when you're at a dinner party. You are not obliged to do anything. It is actually really essential to have healthy and clear and firm and compassionate boundaries um, with spirit. Um, because, you know, it, it, we have to we have to be able to live our lives and i'll never forget i was at a party and it wasn't it was like a friend of mine had invited me it was like it's kind of a small adult party but you know it was like more than a dozen people and there was this guy there that was a client of mine and he had a grandparent who was very close to him and the the grandparent who was now dead um was so excited that i was in the room with this guy and he was just pushing me so hard to talk to this guy because my client was there with his little child. And I, it was the first time in my life that I was able to say to, to, you know, somebody in spirit, I'm here to be a person and to connect. And this is not for you. And I was able to be really loving and firm and clear. And he didn't love it, but he, he respected the boundary. And just like with living people, you know, if somebody doesn't respect your boundary, then they don't deserve your energy. And if someone does respect your boundary, then everyone kind of gets that kind of growth. So I think, I think that's a big part of it. The other part of, of how I would respond is when psychic content emerges, especially at the beginning, when it's just this constant noise, um, or this inconsistent kind of jarring noise, it's really tempting to leave your body as a way to cope. But my perception and my experience is the more centered or grounded in your physical body you are, 
the more you can gauge when something that's not you or not yours is coming through, and then you can make choices around it. And I think that's really the key is remembering that you have agency and being able to use it requires being present. Oh, yes, to all of that. I'm so aligned with everything you're saying because to be in your body is the game changer with this work. Like you have to be in your body. You can't, there are so many people doing the work and kind of using it as an, as an escape route, if that makes sense, to be in a different world, to be in a different plane, to, you know, oh, I'm happy living, I'm happier living in up there with the spirits. It's like, yeah, but you're a human. Like you got to live here. Yes. Yes. That's it. I mean, I always think of it and this is like the most Capricorn thing I'll ever say, but I, I think of being alive in this body as being like this body is like this earth and this body is a classroom, you know, and we are here to learn some lessons. And these lessons are not how to escape the body. <laughs> That's not what we're here to do. Unfortunately, we're stuck in these damn bodies that move slow and they're vulnerable. And, you know, it's it's a little bit of a cheat to try to like, just be a balloon, <laughs> you know, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be the string tied to the the nail. I don't know. Maybe that was a terrible metaphor, but <laughs> <laughs> I just, I said it anyway. Makes there. sense to me. Yeah. You have to, we have to be conduits to be able to ground the energy, the spiritual energy, the psychic energy into the earth. Like that's yes. the point of it. Because the more grounded we are, the better messages are you going to get. You're going to be able to channel more and you're going to feel better in your body. Like it's a two-way energy street. And I love the fact that we're having this conversation in Taurian season. I know, right? This is absolutely perfect. And, 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 you know, and I'll say, and first of all, I want to say, I love your metaphor so much better than mine. It was a perfect metaphor. And, you know, the other thing I want to say is that kind of like to your first question there, it, it, it's like when you're receiving messages or information or you're picking up on someone else's feelings or issues, if you don't know where you begin and end, you can't accurately read it. And that's a mistake that a lot of people make with their intuition is they're not aware that, that they're like mooshing together themselves, their issues, and the data they're getting because they're not quite certain where they begin and end. And this takes practice. It takes years of practice. And so, you know, for listeners, don't be discouraged if this is hard. It is hard. It's super hard. And it takes practice. Nothing replaces practice. So, you know, be patient. I think it's wise to be conservative. No need to put yourself at risk. Um, because it is, it, depending on what you're doing, what kind of gifts you have, can be quite physically taxing, you know, especially if you're not doing it um, in a, in the healthiest way, which is easy to do the, the quickest and the easiest way is often not the healthiest way in all things in my view. Oh yeah. A uh, practice and remember that, yeah, it can be really exhausting on the body. Like if you, when it's like learning, like learning, driving a car for the first time or riding a bike, when you first do it, it's really tiring. And then the, you know, it becomes easier. The more you practice, it's the same thing with your psychic abilities. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It's, um, it is really important. And I love the fact that you also shared around not putting yourself into the energy of the person, like what you described when the image that came up for me was you need to be, and not getting yourself mixed in with the person or the energy or the message message that you're receiving, because in the end, you're just a reporter. You're a, you're an observer of what that energy is. 
Yes. And, and if I can add to that, because apparently we agree about literally everything. Um, but what I would add to that also is if you want to be right, if you feel insecure and like you have to prove yourself to a client or to whoever you're talking to, then you're attached to the message. And then it's more likely that you won't get it right. And I think that, you know, being a conduit, being the medium, you know, the thing in between, just the messenger means that you you report what you what you are receiving and you let the other person, you let the person who's receiving that message actually receive it without trying to make sure you said it right or did it right. And when I learned to do this, I became way more accurate with my clients because I would see things in a funny way and I'd be like, well, that's not right. I'll say it this way instead. But when I started actually saying it the way I saw it, it meant something to people that I, I couldn't have known or perceived. So it's really kind of like destroying your need to get it right. While of course, staying humble and receptive and respectful is really an important skill to cultivate with, with this kind of work. Yeah, because it's their job to interpret what the message means. You're just, as you say, you're just the the, the door opener, the message piece of that as an information. I, I have this funny story once that I was in uh, like a psychic circle and um, it was before I was doing this work full time and where we were just sharing messages and this woman was sat opposite me and all I could hear was um, the Mario Brothers, um, like Mario music from... And I was like, why on earth am I hearing this Mario Brothers music? And I couldn't get it out of my head. And I said to her, I'm really sorry. I'm I'm not sure if this is going to make any sense, but I keep hearing like Mario music and I keep seeing you jumping on the, on like the green, do you know, in Mar- old, Mar- old school Mario, like the green, um, like shoots that they have. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and, and she goes, no, no, it makes complete sense. Um, she she said, I've been wanting to practice my Super Mario skills because my boyfriend's really good at it. And so to prove to him that I'm also really good, I've just I've um I went and purchased Super Mario so that I could practice more. <laughs> and that is just based on tr- like trusting okay, I'm hearing this. I just have to share. I don't know what it means, but I just have to share that I'm hearing the Mario music. It's so powerful to just practice naming things, you know? And I think it's true with psychic work. I think it's true with our emotions, um, with our fears. You know, naming things allows us to kind of externalize them and gain greater objectivity about them. And, you know, I think that's really important with psychic work and something that a lot of times people especially at the beginning of their pursuit, don't really realize they, they feel like, oh, I should be a part of it. Um, and I don't know how sustainable it is if you're too subjective, if you're too deeply involved and invested in things. It, it's my, my experience is the more invested I am in being in integrity, in being present, in being responsive, but not in being right or understanding where it's going to go or how it's going to go that that is where like real magic occurs and it just it takes practice you know my journey your journey is not going to be somebody else's journey with it you know it's all a practice Mm, yeah and find find your version of it so don't become say like oh I want to be the Long Island medium or I want to I want to read like Tyler Henry it doesn't it doesn't work like that they're your gifts like how do you work with those abil- your gifts and your abilities absolutely yeah absolutely 
Um, I just had this question pop through um, to ask you, do you feel like it's important then for us to be able to do the work on ourselves and our own emotions and where we're at as in our own personal development? Does that figure as a central point so that we can tap into our abilities in a different way so we can be subjective by when we're giving guidance and messages to others? Yeah, yeah, I, I really do. And some of that is because if it's just ideas, if it's just talk, if it's just data, then it's lacking kind of an energetic resonance to it. And when we are doing the work on ourselves as individuals, when we are working on emotional integration and healthy boundaries and embodiment and coping with grief and with success and abundance and all the things, you know, all of the things, when we are able to do that, then the depth of our container of what we can hold for others, what we can be present for in an authentic way for others, it really dramatically changes. And what I've experienced is that a huge part of my work is simply seeing people. It's simply meeting them at their truest place. And in doing so, the results are sometimes miraculous. They're it's amazing how infrequently we truly see each other and we stay present with each other's shame or hopes or whatever it is. And so the kind of more that that I am able to do that work within myself and my own personal life, the more tuned I am to it in others, wherever they're at. And and I think being sensitive, being psychic, being empathic or a medium, it can drive you crazy. You know, it really can. It's, it is a lot of information in increasingly mercurial worlds and it, it can kind of tear at you if you don't really prioritize your own wellness and then to go from your own wellness to your own abundance and thriving. And it's tricky, you know, I, people call it a gift and I've only very recently started calling it a gift because it is as much a liability as it is a gift. You know, it's, it's a heavy load to carry in my view. Oh yeah, no, I completely agree with you because it's, it's a, you know, it's a, the duality of these things. It's a, can be a double-edged sword where, yeah, you, it comes with, um, yeah, like a, not consequence, I don't want to use the word consequences, consequences is the wrong word, but I personally have noticed since doing the work full time, for example, my social group has become really small and really intimate. Um, I'm really picky around which group situations I decide to put myself in. Yeah, I think that's it's one of the that you know that energy of of doing the work is it makes me it has made me look at myself in a you know really look at who I am and what I'm about, but also really um, I'm more aware of what's going on in the world around me. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, sometimes you know I'll go to get a massage and it'll it'll mess me up for a week <laughs> you know, because I'll get really permeable and really open and really present. And if the masseuse has their own thing going on, it'll just, it'll like slam me, you know, the more open you get, the more, uh, the more your boundaries need to kind of grow and expand with you. And, and that is a really, for me, it's a constant source of work. It is just a consistent source of work. And, um, and I, and I know I'm not alone in that. I think, I think it's something that, you know, I certainly talk about a lot of my work, but I think in general, we don't talk about enough and, um, and 
this idea that there's only like one way to get, you know, grounded, you got to, you know, throw your, your root chakra down into the earth, or you got to throw down your grounding cord. Like there's these things I hear from people, but there are so many ways of being grounded and there are so many ways of being ungrounded. And, and as you were saying earlier, it's like really important that you just prioritize finding your way, not the way, your way, <laughs> you know, and, you know, practice makes perfect and proof is in the pudding, as they say. Yeah. And I'm so pleased you mentioned about massage therapists and, you know, having people work on your body where they've got their own stuff or the energy's not aligned. I was saying this the other day to someone how, you know, really listen to your intuition when you're picking a practitioner to work on your body. It's so important to, you know, find someone that matches your your own energy that can help you, you know, move your own personal energy through the body. Because in the end, that's what part of that, you know, having that massage to open you up and to clear energy. But it's so important to find the right person. Absolutely. And, and you know, I should say, you know, I've been doing the work I do for many, many years. I've also been getting uh, energy work and energy clearing work. Uh, done by a woman I really trust once a week, every week for more than a dozen years. Um, so, you know, I I have, you know, kind of connected to, and it used to be hands-on healing. That's not exactly how she works anymore. It's not how we work together anymore. But it's, you know, the priority that we must place if we're, if we're going to prioritize, you know, being empathetic or psychic for a living or, you know, if we're really trying to call in those skills to ask for help and to, to be mindful and really intentional about who you trust and to, to know that you don't have to do this alone, you know, and more and more people work remotely. So, you know, even if you're in an area where there's not somebody you resonate with, there's going to be someone somewhere. You just got to kind of prioritize finding that someone. Because for me, the woman I've worked with, you know, she has helped me in ways I just couldn't even begin to to name, you know, and something she said to me for 10 years over and over and over again. And then I'm eventually like, oh, wait a minute, I think I figured that out. You know, and it's just sometimes we need that. We're just obtuse about certain things. And and it's just great to have support and help. So always be willing to ask for it and to do the work that it takes to receive it. Yes, yes, and more yes. <laughs> yeah, because if you want to have longevity of using your gifts, you have to, you know, you, those weekly sessions are really important because there is a lot of burnout or a lot of people that don't do the proper clearing and then they can't be, they you can't access, you know, what you want to access. Absolutely. And my experience has been an, that, you know, I will have something happen that blows my boundaries out. It just decimates me and it's awful. It's awful. And it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like my guides being like, no, but we don't want you to take three years to get this. You actually need to get it now. And it, it sucks. And I don't enjoy it. It's happened a couple few times in the course of my, my career. And it's always been so beautiful in the end. It's always been such a useful, instructive thing. And so again, when difficult things happen, when painful experiences happen, if we go straight to defense or to trying to heal it without being interested in it, then we can often miss out on the expansion that it's actually intended to be. Because my experience is that our guides aren't always the most gentle in the world. And they're just <laughs> like, learn the lesson. What? It's hard. And <laughs> they don't they don't have to deal with like the messiness of humanity. So I, you know, my experience is, is just that, you know, learning to be really interested in our pain 
is easier to do when you have someone you trust that you can call on, who gives you perspective and support and, um, and knows more than you. That's a great thing. You know, find people who have more mastery than you and more experience than you and learn from them. You don't have to reinvent the wheel with this stuff. It can feel so lonely. I, I mean, that's my experience. I don't know about you, but, but it's important to find people you can connect with about it. No, I completely agree. And for me, finding that cheerleader team, that other, you know, that support network that can I can talk to and I can share. And as you say, those those moments where your boundaries have been tested and pushed and, you know, you've let things into your sphere that you probably shouldn't have. And it's painful, but you have that support to be able to help you emotionally clear that, that, as you say, it's suddenly like, oh, this was the learning here. Oh, okay. And then to see the expansion and what shifts off the back of it is phenomenal. And it's like, oh, okay, this opportunity, this situation was brought for me, for me to learn. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is powerful stuff. I wanted to talk about, because I know you do talk about social change and how we should be working you know having using these gifts to create a positive change in of you know what's happening on in the globe right now whether it's social justice um politics um the environment i know that you are a really big advocate for that mm-hmm. yeah my belief is that the only way forward is together and I mean, I shouldn't say the only way forward. I mean, the only way forward in a direction that we want to go in. And I'm 44 years old. Um, I was raised, you know, half my family are Holocaust survivors. Um, I was raised with, I was raised by people who suffered through the pain of living in concentration camps of, you know, my family. Well, I won't go into my whole family thing, but, but people who really know what it's like to have their neighbors turn on them. and. In America, in the United States, there's this feeling that nothing like that could happen here. And that is, you know, absolutely untrue because humans are humans and they're not humans in Germany versus humans in the United States. Humans are humans. And then also, it didn't happen overnight. And it, nothing, nothing bad happens overnight. You know, we, we haven't dealt with climate change all of a sudden overnight. You know, it, it's, it's something that happens very slowly and then very quickly. And my feeling is that young people today, people in their 30s and their 20s and their teens through the internet are both more connected than humans have ever been and also less connected than we've ever been. And this can empower us to be better advocates and cousins to each other, you know, better family members. And it can also create so much noise that we feel overwhelmed and we do nothing. And that's when the worst of all the things happen across boards and across topics, right? And so my work as an astrologer, um, as a spiritual person is, in my view, to help people develop the emotional intelligence needed to be able to use their, to kind of choose to act in ways that reflect their, their values and their beliefs and their morals in difficult situations. That's kind of like my North star. And, and so that's to what I try to do is, is to support people in doing that. And it doesn't require always talking about issues of social justice or, you know, 
the way animals are treated on the planet or, or all the millions of things that are terrible. Um, it really just requires that we are accountable to our soul. That's all. And it's, it's a real big thing, but it's actually a really simple thing. If you felt that everything you did and everything you didn't do was a reflection on your soul, then what would you do differently? Right. And that is, is how I try to live. And I don't always, but it's, it's how I try to live. And it's how I try to support others through my work, especially through my podcast and, and my writing and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but these are, these are some very profound times. And I don't think anyone's alive during this period by accident. You know, we all have a role to play. Yeah, we definitely all have a role to play. And I love how you talked about, you know, it is about coming back to the soul and our role. And then that beautifully ties into what you were talking about earlier about being seen, like being seen and being heard. And if we can empower people to be seen and be heard in the communities that we live in, then that is going to be part of the energy that creates the change that we really deserve, that the world and the globe and everyone really needs and deserves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as spiritual people, as energy workers and healers, you might not want to do technically political action. That might not be where you're strong, but you can fortify, strengthen, connect connect the people to their guides that are doing that work. People who are part of, you know, the good fight, whatever that quote, good fight is in your mind, whatever topic you feel most resonant and called towards, um, you know, we can light up and support people. We can do that to land. We can do that to animals. You know, we, we don't all have to participate in the same way. You know, some people are artists and they use art as a vehicle for social change. Some people are, you know, are software engineers or, you know, there's a million different ways that we can participate. And I think where people get really locked up is the sense of helplessness and hopelessness. And what can I do? It's like, I don't have those skills. And we all have some skills. We all have something. And it's almost like not overthinking it. It's just like, what is organic to your nature? You have a couple extra dollars, throw money at something you believe in. You know, There's always something that you can do. It's a choice. It's just a choice. And it's a choice that is compelling to put off when you're dealing with you know, the immediacy of your life's dramas and issues and demands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a choice of where we put our energy and yeah, what we involve ourselves in or not. And I love the fact that you shared that, you know, we can have so many different roles. You don't have to be, you know, you could, as you say, a software engineer and you can still, you know, have a role. And we're all part of the journey to be able to make, you know, to be part of the change. And that's, you know, and to be able to be spiritual and to inspire people that that's part of, you know, who they are and what they're about is, is, is key. Yeah, you know, I I have gotten some pushback from people less now, um, but I certainly have, where they say, I don't like my spirituality to have anything to do with politics. And I want to just, I always want to say, what do you think spirituality is? What do you think politics is? You know, both of these things are about how we are interconnected and how we consent to treat each other as a society. And each of us is a member of this society, whatever society of humans, society in Canada or the US, however you want to think of it, we all have a role to play. We are all protecting or, ne- or neglecting each other. And politics and spirituality aren't actually that different. You know, certainly religion and, and 
politics are. But spirituality isn't about religion. It isn't about right and wrong um, or adherence. It's it's about our souls. You know, it's about what we mean to each other and how we'll actually behave like we mean to each other. And um, yeah, this isn't for me. This isn't in any way theoretical. You know, it's it's very tangible. And you know, in Trump's America, it's becoming increasingly more tangible and and you know there's strong men and fascists in power at this time globally in many places and um it's real it's real scary you know it's it's a it's a intense time but it's it's a catalyst for change and that's yes. it's a catalyst for change and we have to keep remembering that it's like okay why have we been brought this what part of this planet journey that we're on um what is this bringing and and what is this coming in as a catalyst for you know the change of structure and this change of within our community and how we treat each other what's this about what what are we being asked to look at and so if we can give people the confidence to open their eyes and be like okay we need to look at this instead of sticking their head in the sand and saying okay this isn't my job I'm not part of this it's like you are you are part of this. Yes. I mean, on that topic, you know, here in the U.S., just this past week, the state of Georgia uh, mm-hmm. created an abortion ban, and it's very, very misogynistic. Women can be incarcerated for having miscarriages. I mean, it's a very, very anti-uterus uh, law. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, talking about this in spiritual terms, what's really important is that I am seeing women so hurt, so outraged. I'm seeing women post about it and talk about it and strategize around it. And I'm not seeing men do this. I haven't seen any men do it. And what's really important about that is division. It's just a reflection of division. Okay. So we still have work to do of not seeing this as a woman's issue, but instead seeing this as a human issue, as an issue of liberty. And, you know, whether we're talking about race or sexuality or gender, et cetera, et cetera, it's, where we must ultimately strive to go is is to seeing that that your issue is my issue and maybe i can't prioritize it in the same way you do but there's a way that we just really go off into our own little corners that is not good for the soul and if i may go on a little extra tangent here is that you know my perspective doing the work i do as a medium which is to say that you know speaking to the dead is that the condition of the human condition the condition of being in a body is ultimately one of duality. You know, it's that I begin and end here and my desk is begins and end there. And and you're, you know, in Vancouver and I'm in Oakland and we are in different places at different time zones or whatever it is. And that is a human thing. You know, when we when we shed the body, there's no location. It's not material anymore. And I think that being able to be present for the duality, and of course there is a, such a thing as space and time. And then also to be able to on a spiritual level, on an emotional and empathetic level to see beyond that and to not let that limit your capacity for kindness and generosity is, I think, really important. I hope that wasn't too much of a tangent, but... Not a tangent at all because it, yeah, it all flows. (laughs) Good. Great. Good. (laughs) Because I was like, I'm going somewhere. (laughs) Catch me, catch me before I go too far. (laughs) Channel it out. Channel it out. What do they want to (laughs) share? But it is because when you connect to loved ones who have passed over, yes, they can um, share their stories of pain and suffering but it always comes back to love like it it always comes back to you know sharing to that loved one I love you or sharing that I'm whole and complete and I've passed over there isn't you know that it always comes back to love and they realize that that's the learning 
Yeah. Wholeness on a spirit level is love. I mean, wholeness isn't a color or a shape. It's love. It's vibrationing at, it's vibrating at that level of love because love is interconnectedness. There's no separation with spiritual love. Right. And it's, you know, you're, if you're not the Dalai Lama, you're probably not going to achieve that in this lifetime, right? In your body, but it's a great, it's a great direction to point yourself. And I think part of being able to embody love in a whole way is being able to own where you can, you know, and to love yourself enough to be present for that and to be interested in why, why, why can I have compassion for this kind of person, but not for that kind of person? Why can I have, you know, empathy for this subject, but not for that subject? Because that's about you, right? It's ultimately about you. So I think it's a great, a great place of inquiry, especially if you are an empath or a psychic or a medium, because, you know, you're being, you're being called to do more on that level. Yeah. Own it. Really own your shadow, own your feelings. It's not all love and light spirituality. That's just, it, yeah, it just grinds on me that it's you know light worker this light worker that it's it's no it's it's all of it all mixed into the mix that we're kind of trying to untangle and look at and learn from on so many different levels yes yes also this idea of like love and light is all all love and light i'm always like what light are you seeing that doesn't cast a shadow i am curious like (laughs) i'm interested in the shadow as much as the light and i don't think the shadow is worse i don't think the light is better you know the light can be easier (laughs) but easy isn't better easy is easy maybe that was the most capricorn thing i'll say I don't know. Maybe I'm just going to keep on saying very Capricorn things. But yeah, I mean, the shadow, the shadow is cool. The shadow is, is our pain and, and our resentments and our bitterness and our, our phobias and our shitty attitudes and our judgments, all of that deserve compassion and they deserve inquiry and, and space. And, you know, the more light we bring to them, the more we can understand what's motivating them and heal them and bring them into the light so we can cover uncover something else in our shadow you know that's the hope is to keep on bringing it into the light um not to be only light but to keep on referring back to that shadow i think that's really really useful yeah and then it not just being your own personal healing and then realizing that your shadow might also come from ancestral stories patterning trauma throwing past lives in there too there's a lot to unpack <laughs> yeah, you, nobody's ever done. I feel like no. you know, if somebody if somebody comes into my office and they're like, "Oh, I'm fine. I've got this." I'm like, "Uh-oh. <laughs> We're in trouble." <laughs> Cuz I mean, if you're in a body, you got shit, right? You got shit. And I and I think that that's it's just I mean, unpacking the ancestral stuff, unpacking the the past life stuff and I mean, it it is truly never ending. It is truly never ending. And I don't think that's, you know, some people might hear that and think that that sounds scary or bad. It really isn't scary or bad. It's that there's work, there's, there's healing, there's more light to bring, there's more love to activate. You know, this idea of ancestors that I always think, well, you're somebody's ancestor. You know, personally, I'm not going to have kids. I'm still somebody's ancestor. Um, And the more I do, the more I'm setting up the future as much as I am healing the past. And that kind of interconnectedness for me is really motivating and it's buoying. Buoying? Is that, did I say the word right? It's like, you know, it makes me feel like a floaty in the water. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a really interesting question because this keeps coming up in some of my own 
shadow healing ancestral stuff um around psychics and healers and mediums not having children there is a lot of um i'm nearly 37 i don't have children um and it's come it just keeps showing myself it keeps coming through as a message that it's really interesting around healers psychics mediums not having um ha- choosing specifically choosing not to have children what's yeah. your thought and take on that i have a lot of thoughts on it i one thing is that a lot of times those of us who choose intentionally to live our lives, you know, where we're, we're devoting our practice to being psychic or whatever, we've already made the choice that we're going to question everything. We've already made the choice that we're going to live outside of convention. And so I think, you know, let's keep in mind in human history, women having the right to choose whether or not we procreate is very new and certainly in the U.S. very tenuous, but it is still very new. Um, having the ability to not marry and to be financially independent and secure is historically incredibly new in the course of human history. And so one thing that you know came out of spiritualism, I think it was in the 20s or something like that, was women figured out a way to make a living outside yeah. of a marriage. And so I think that there's a way that we can choose a different path. And, and, and that choice alone I think will result, like having that choice alone will result in more women choosing to not have kids. That's my starting point. And then the other part of it is, I mean, I mean, how are you going to take, it sounds so hard. You know, it sounds, I should, I should preface actually what I'm about to say with, I've never wanted children. And I love kids. I'm one of those people that if you go to a cafe and you're having coffee with me and there's a cute kid sitting next to me, I'm not talking to you anymore. We are going to focus on this baby. I love kids. (laughs) Kids love me. I used to work with kids. I used to work with senior citizens. I, I really like people and I really love kids, but I never wanted to parent. And I think that the amount of energy that I give to other people in kind of a structured and parental way. It's not parental, but it, it's in the family of that. Being a counselor is kind of like, this is my role. That is your role. I'm here to help and support. You know, that my, my, my cup overfloweth. I do not need to add anything more to that personally. Um, but it, so, so yeah, so I think that there's only so much that I feel called to give in that particular way. And I feel that for myself, having a child would 100 percent uh distract from what i want to do with my life but again i hesitate to make a strong link between that and my particular gifts because like there's no part of me that has ever even questioned whether or not i want a child i just don't so you know whatever whatever that's worth i'm not sure if i No, no that was super really really insightful because there is just this like you're birthing other things into the world so you don't have to you know it doesn't have to be that you're the energy of birthing and the energy of creation can flow through you in other ways using your gifts versus it being birthed as a child yeah that's it absolutely no, it's just something that's been playing around in my head for the last couple of years. And just it's, it came through in a breathwork session that I had around oh, healers and psychics. And either it was really interesting. It came through as a visualization and a breathwork session around which is psychics in part in the past having children take being taken away from them because of their gifts, as in like 
you're crazy, you're, you shouldn't be a mother with these gifts. It was really interesting what kind of came through um, as part of that. So yeah, I just popped. It's really powerful. I hadn't thought of that. But again, you know, for me, I'm in a way not the greatest gauge of this because of how thoroughly and completely I have never wanted children. (laughs) So, (laughs) but that is really interesting. And my guess is that it resonates with a lot of people, what you're talking about. Yeah, well, we're obviously supposed to talk about it, as I say on these on these um, conversations. What whatever we're supposed to be talking about has been divinely led by spirit. One quick question around the energy that's around right now: Have you been experiencing this vibe of um, being in the void, but knowing where you're going? And a lot of people are experiencing that um energetically right now where it's like they're being asked to let go and get clear on their visions and values and their you know and what they want their life to look like but it still feels like there's this kind of processing phase that we're all experiencing Mm, yeah interesting I I wouldn't have worded it that way if you asked me what I was going through right now um but when you say that 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 like matches I I would say that like maybe this time last year that that was exactly where I was at. Um, I'm just as of, <laughs> as of Monday, you know, as of like a couple days from now, I will be handing in the final edits on my, my book. And so I'm in like this and I have a lot of, a lot of jobs and a lot of, a lot of things I'm doing right now that are challenging and engaging for me. And, you know, all the work I do is related to, astrology or my psychic work or energy healing or whatever. So I'm really kind of in this go, go, go time. There's a lot of going and there's a lot of letting go associated with that. I I have to let go in order to move as quickly and through as many varied things as I'm doing. But I think in general, um, this is a massive time of, we've been confronted with our shadow for so long now, past couple of years. It's just been deep and up and compelling and we are seeing it's kind of like time to come out of it like to kind of shake it off and come out of it and figure out where we are and what we are now and I think that's happening for different people in different ways but that's kind of my sense of things yeah no completely it's you everyone's getting clear on where they're at and yeah the releasing part just feels very aligned lots of people releasing lots of as you say shadow stuff I wanted to share a couple of messages with you before we wrap up so excited I get messages I never get messages yay um I love that it's so funny psychics giving psychics messages the one thing that kept coming through is there's like a new offering that you're going to be doing work-wise that's something like new that you're bre- like again to use the phrase birthing into the world yes the book but there's something there's something else that there's a there's a new online offering or how you're going to show up in the world has got a different energy to it does that make sense it does and it's very exciting there's some there's some things on what is it pots on a pots on a burner that's not well said but you know what i'm talking about pots um, on a burner there's an expression um there's lots of um oil, oil, is it oils in the fire no um but well we know what we're talking about you're, you're with me on this yeah so there's there's some things <laughs> and it could also be something that i haven't seen yet or or conceived no, of yet it's something that you're bringing in and the message that comes through with it is um 
The time frame might be a little bit longer than you think it is to, but to for it to come to fruition. There's something else that's gonna happen that needs to happen before you put um, before you push the go button that feels aligned. So don't worry about the timing of it, but just know that it will happen. That's exciting. Thanks. There's just this this year the tone of. Okay, the tone of your voice and how you communicate within your writing and in the podcast is going to shift. There's a different energy, there's a different vacuum that you're creating, which is going to create, which is going to bring in a new type of listener, reader, viewer that is going to really kind of take you by surprise as your this energy kind of vacuum gets bigger and bigger it's going to attract more in and just they're just like preparing you for that as that happens that's exciting I love my reading so far (laughs) that's great news thank you (laughs) um and um there was something else that they wanted to share on that Okay. Yeah. Um, do you, um, do you plant a lot of plants? Are you a green, are you really green fingered? Yeah, that's funny. My, uh, my work studio is in my backyard and there's literally this big, huge, gorgeous tree and its roots are breaking into the floor, which I know I'm not supposed to be excited about, but I love. And there's a, a rose bush that is so big that it's as tall. It's taller than the studio itself. It's a tree. So I'm like surrounded by greenery all the time um, out here. There's there's just a message that's coming through of like when all the things get crazy and you really grow and you really expand. The th- one of the things, ironically, I was talking about, there are loads of different ways for people to get grounded. For you, it's going to be planting those seeds, tending to those plants, putting the love back into nature that is going to be part of that grounding, connecting energy that is going to get you through the mayhem. That's wonderful, especially because uh, my partner and I just figured out a plan of what we want to do to our garden. And we want to just really tear some things up and plant a bunch new things and it's it's all in motion so that's really validating and affirming to hear thank you yeah it's going to um yeah just really recalibrate your energy and your home space it just by clearing the garden and creating this new energy in the garden space it's going to um the energy is just going to flow through the house differently you might notice the home feeling different that's exciting yeah. I love that. Thank you. I, I love, I should also say inside my home is like a, is kind of like a jungle. I, I have a lot of plants. I'm obsessed with plants. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I put shit, plants everywhere. I love them. I love it. Have you had one of those? Um, I can't remember what it is, but there's a machine right now that you can hook up to your plants and it plays music. No. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so exciting. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. Um, I'll put it in the show notes for people, but, and I'll send you the link. I can't remember the name of it, but I saw it the other day on Instagram. I was like, that's insane. So I need that. Well, you know, I, I do have many different kinds of chimes in the yard. Um, just so it's like lots of different, you know, energy clearing moments. Um, and, I should share if if we have a second that there's this sci-fi bookstore in San Francisco that I used to go to and they 
planted a bunch of the same plant, but they gave all the plants names. And it was really interesting to see how some of them grew so much more aggressively than others. Some of them, you know, really didn't do much at all. Yeah. It was fascinating. It was fascinating. Anyways, so yeah. whether they resonated to the energy of the name that they were yes. given. Yes, I know. It's it's wild. I'm I'm totally gonna get that. Maybe I'm just gonna start singing to my plants though. It's the kind of thing I would do. Yeah, sing, 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 sing. Um and uh do you have there's a cactus that wants to talk to you. Um you need to talk to the cactus more. Huh. Do you have a cactus? My front yard is a cactus garden. So it's a whole like dry garden, essentially. Um, okay. There's a lot of cactuses there. And my, this is a funny thing to share, but um, I, I have a friend who just built, and it was completed yesterday at like 6 or 7 p.m., a shed for me, which I'm in right now. And it is for doing my podcast. And so like, there's no electricity or anything, just a little shed. but the roof is is going to be a living roof. So we haven't added the dirt in, but we're going to do another dry garden um, in on the roof of the structure. Um, so I don't know if if that's the cactus. Those are maybe more succulents, but um, but anyways. So yeah. So that's all the succulents are really in my mind right now because I'm thinking about who to place where and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's specifically there's a cactus in the front yard that wants you to talk to it. There's some there's one that's either struggling or not doing as well or wants you to connect with it. Um I don't, yeah. Okay, I think I know who she is. There's I'm going to talk to her as soon as we get off. Yeah, that she's just <laughs> saying please talk please talk to me. I'm struggling. Is the Okay, message. okay. I totally know who you're talking about. Okay, that's great. Thank you. Oh. Thank you for that. I really needed that. I love it when plants come through. People always think it's crazy when plants come through. I'm like, no, they talk. Of course they do. Of course they do. They don't. They don't <laughs> like to be picked. Uh, yeah, life is life is life. Completely, Jessica. It's been amazing to have this conversation with you. I'm so happy and so full, full right now. Me too. I've been looking forward to it so much, and it was everything that I expected it to be it was so wonderful. I thank you so much for sharing your, your time and your energy and your audience with me. Thank you. Aww. Thank you. Thank you. Where can, where can they find you? Where are the best places for them to find you? Um, I'm all over the, the World Wide web. You can listen to my podcast at ghost of a podcast is what it's called. Ghost of a podcast is kind of everywhere. You can hear a podcast. Um, I am on Instagram and Twitter at Jessica Lignato and on my website, which is love Um, I have weekly and monthly horoscopes on Instagram. I'll often write daily horoscopes. Um, and then there's lots of, you can watch, I had a little TLC show, astrology show. You can watch episodes there. There's lots of stuff to consume on, on my podcast. I mean, on my website. And I apologize that you have to spell my last name, which is really hard to spell. It's Lanyato and it's not frenetic. So it's probably not spelled the way you think it is. It's L-A-N-Y-A-D-O-O. Yay. Oh, and just another message that popped through. You're going to be doing more visual stuff this year, more in front of the camera, more kind of TV show based things. Ooh, that's exciting. That's really <laughs> exciting to hear. That's great. As I sit here in my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thank you again. This has just been such a such a joy. Thank you. Bye.